Hello, everyone, and thank you for the download. It's Thursday, September 14th, and this is episode 64 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassi, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Skipper Ben. What's up, Ben? I have about 200 Lorcana cards in front of me right now. Do you want me to just start reading with the top one, go over each and every card that I got, or how do we, how do we want to do this episode? So, just to be totally clear... Uh, because we have to comment on the Disney Dish podcast on a weekly basis, we're going to completely ignore Destination D on this episode yep. and just have Ben's Lorcana breakdown. Yep. Uh, so yeah, get, get started. Maybe we should uh, not introduce Josh. Josh is uh, out counseling grieving Jets fans tonight, and he will begin his counseling <laughs> of grieving Texas Rangers fans tomorrow, so that's why he's not talking with Ben right now. What is interesting, though, is in his support of Aaron Rodgers, he's actually sporting a man bun right now. Do you think he's pulling it off or no? <laughs> it's uh you ought to see the man bunny hands in his pants too <laughs> all right so what do you have for lorcana cards <laughs> uh we'll start with Cusco, uh okay. and my temperamental emperor uh card it's a it's a five i don't know what that means but there's a five on it so um <laughs> it's gotta be got, good it's, it's gotta higher be good. than a four i got my uh white rabbit foil pocket watch uh it's got a three on it uh, i don't that know sounds if like that's code. good or not yep uh let's see flounder uh, he's the voice of reason. If you didn't know that, okay. uh, it's it's a one, so he sucks. Yeah, he's Sonic. He kind of uh, sucks. Wow! Right behind Flounder, I have Sebastian, the uh, court composer. He's a two. He sucks too. Um, this is this is a terrible episode. Let's uh, <laughs> I, let's I'm rethink not this. Stop so you. I'm do just going to let you keep going. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's now, go. Is I got Cusco God. going? Is Cusco going into the tropical America section of <laughs> Animal Kingdom? I have gone to uh, the Galactic Federation captain. He's wondering why he doesn't have an attraction still after all these years. I was going to say, is that Stitch? I don't even know. That's that is Stitch. Okay. That's uh, that's Captain Gantu. I don't I don't like Disney very much. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no, we're we're gonna talk Destination D. Uh, ben will keep talking about Lorcana, but I'll mute him and I'll I'll go through <laughs> go through all of this. Were you uh, were you watching this live as the uh, as Demaro? I was a very responsible parent watching this live on my phone while my daughter was in a volleyball tournament, and I should have been cheering <laughs> her on. Here. So uh, <laughs> Lisa kept getting on to me as I'm telling her announcements, and she's like, you should be watching the game. And I'm like, did you hear what they did to the country bears? Um, so yeah, no, I did watch it live, though. Yes. Okay, good, good. And uh, what was the score of your uh, daughter's volleyball game? Uh, they kicked ass, so okay. it was all good. So there you go. Yeah. Win-win. So the <laughs> announcement took place uh, last weekend. They interspersed non-Florida parks as transitions, but it was primarily about uh, Walt Disney World. I actually think that the way that they did it, it took probably a good 20 to 30 minutes to get into the groove of it. But once they did, I think the presentation was a little bit better paced than other ones that they did, probably in part because they didn't have any writers or actors to come in and overhype a meet and greet that was going to be there for a week. Looking at you, Hulk. But <laughs> there were some meet and greet announcements and several other things. Uh, perhaps before we even get into it, we should look at like some of our predictions. Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say, even about the presentation real fast, everything was really good about it. It was well paced. The only thing that was bad about it was they completely ruined the magic of how the Muppets are done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I seeing love, them I live, that was really cool. If you've ever it, seen a Muppet performance live, it is really yeah. cool to see that. It, it is cool. I don't know if they meant to keep going to the wide shot as they <laughs> wheeled out on their chairs, though. So those poor children watching at home uh, now know what Kermit looks like with a hand up his ass. But uh, <laughs> no. So, Presentation was quality. Uh, 
our we had predictions from the last show. We are we had low expectations, and I think we said opening date for Journey of Water and maybe the Figment meet and greet on check my birthday. It, check on, on both birthday. of those, October sixteenth. Right. Ben Heck shares yeah. a, Ben shares a birthday with Juan Gonzalez. Both done on equal amounts of steroids too, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. And the Figment meet and greet actually debuted for guests of the Destination D event that night. Uh, details on the Epcot, Ep- Ep- which is like Epcot. Uh, <laughs> details on the Epcot fireworks show may be a name. We got that. It is called Luminous, and it is debuting December 5th. Updates on the evolution of Genie Plus? No. Uh, no. Updates on Communicore Hall and World Celebration? Kind yeah. of. I mean, they gave an opening date, so that was December. Yeah. Uh, updates on Tiana's Bio Adventure? Surprisingly, not much. I expected more of that. Yeah. And then it said, unlikely to have Animal Kingdom announcements, but we absolutely did. Kind of. Uh, I mean, yeah, we have the, the hedging your bet <laughs> announcement. We'll talk about that at length. Yep. Excuse me. And then updates on Lighthouse Point. We have, uh, what was the full name that they gave? Lookout Key at Lighthouse yep. Point. At Lighthouse Point. Yep. I believe that concept art that they showed was the same one. And then they had not really an update on Fantasy Springs in Tokyo and confirmed that they will be a D23 Expo equivalent event next year as well. So we were relatively spot on, but I think they exceeded what our predictions were. Now, good or bad, that is up for the rest of the show to determine. (laughs) But I think at least at the outset, we perhaps had lower expectations than we should have going into this. So Yeah, and to be fair, we now that this is over, we can tell everybody who our uh sources were on this. Well, we we know Josh tomorrow personally. So yeah, yeah, we're uh, it's a little unfair that we nailed this so well, but um We shop I think at the same sweater vest store. Yeah, he's probably okay with us telling that now though. Yeah, so probably that's probably What's fair. up, Josh? <laughs> All right. So JDA the- we call him, you know? <laughs> What was I watching where that was a thing? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> One thing that they'd been talking about for the, for the better part of the last year was a Star Tours update. And the assumption was Mandalorian. They are saying that it's going to be Ahsoka themed as opposed to Mandalorian themed. But I have to believe that since Ahsoka has yeah, has I, picked I, up Grogu at times, that it's probably going to be all of them. That they're all yeah, going to be Yeah, she's been in The Mandalorian. I think... I think Mando, I think the Mandalorian's in this. I think Boba Fett's probably in it. I think Fennec Shan's probably in it. I think he was just at that point, you know, playing off of the popularity of the show, saying, oh, by the way, that show is popular right now. She's going to be in it as well. It's absolutely within that timeline of the Mandalorian. These all, all three of those shows intertwine. Uh, I mean, honestly, they could, they could be one show by itself and just each of these being separate seasons. So, uh, to me, that was that was what that was. Is is yeah, not, that's kind of what this I is assumed. not an Ahsoka ride. This is uh, she's oh, just an not. additional one that'll be in there. So, so you mentioned Boba Fett. It will be interesting because he is represented in one of I think I think it's the Vader intro scene. There yeah. is a variant of it where well, probably the- original trilogy era Boba. Yeah, uh, and you ha- and you have in. the scene with Slave One. Uh, the final scene is one of the sequences as well. Okay. With the uh, with the sonic bomb, uh, it's actually one yep. of my favorite yep. final sequences. Uh, when when he throws the bomb at you and bounce you bounce it back at Slave One, uh, and it blows up. So yeah, he's he's currently in there, but now that that was the old version where he was all evil, and now in our new world, he's kind of a good guy. So yeah, we'll uh, see how they integrated. We'll see how they get, like three different nods to. Right <laughs> to, to Boba Fett in the course. Uh, it honestly, wouldn't shock me if they scrap a lot of the scenes that we currently have. Um, Possibly, and they go, 
I mean, on, that's that's what I would do. Uh, I would say this is a Mandalorian ride. Now, I would say this I is wouldn't. this is a ride with that world. So, uh, I mean, if they got rid of the pod race sequence, if they got rid of the one where they go to the planet and it's like you know that one sequence where you're going uh, you're going against the grain of traffic mm-hmm. that is just kind of like a generic sit- future. Sit- There's several sequences in there that I would have no problem never seeing again uh, for the swap out to some of the new stuff. So uh, I hope it's more than one, like one scene that we're getting. So we'll, we'll see how they do it. But yeah, to me, it was her being added to whatever else they're also adding in there. That's my assumption. And historically when they've done this, and the thing is historically they have done this in deference to many other rides that are easily updatable, that they've had whatever the new scenes are be the default scene for a period of time. So everybody that wants to see the new scene with these characters will get the opportunity to do so. I'm very much a fan of the current star tours. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. I also like that it's a five minute wait pretty much at any point. So it's it's always the lowest lowest wait time of anything in that park regularly. Uh, but that being said, like I, like I said, I'm not married to any of the sequences that are currently there. Sure. So whatever update they do, I'm fine with. Um, and I think the last update they did was quite well. Uh, they, they've done a good job with it, with the sequences they've added. Every time they've added a new scene from one of the new movies, I've liked that sequence. So, uh, yeah, I'd be excited to see them overhaul many different sequences on here and give us a bunch of different options uh, again. The reason I would be against switching this to uh, just a Mandalorian ride permanently is because it is the one thing that operates as the best of type attraction, and nobody really seems to mind it for the most part. But what's interesting is with the frequency that they updated, it still doesn't generate the super long waits, but uh, I mean, I'll take it. Uh, I certainly ride it far more frequently than I do the original Star Tours. And not to really knock the original Star Tours, it just wasn't something that we did. Oh, so. that, we we rode it all the time. I love the original. I, honestly, I would love to see the original film mixed in there every once in a while. Uh, okay. It was fun. But, you know, maybe maybe they do a series of them to where there, there are a few kind of set sequences that are to the original trilogy. Maybe they swap out the stuff from the new movies that hasn't necessarily... Uh, Again, I don't think anybody would be too upset if the crate sequence was gone or or a few things like that. Uh, considering we have Finn, considering we have Ray right down the street, they have their own area. But we're not, you know, if if they don't end up ever updating Galaxy's Edge because of the uh, the the hotel that's going away, <laughs> you know, maybe there is a set number of sequences that is a real original trilogy, set number of sequences that is the Mandalorian world, and then you get your Ray, you get your Finn stuff inside galaxy's edge i think that if gal if we learned anything from galaxy's edge it's that the fans only want episode eight content so you better not get rid of crate <laughs> that was eight right was that eight or nine i don't remember i think that was uh God. we're kind of like spreading the uh, <laughs> we're star we're star wars line. fans and we're like i don't know one of the two so that should tell you all right there's too much time spent on star tours uh the thing that ben was most excited about is that asha from the upcoming movie disney's wish is coming to epcot <laughs> I know nothing about this. I'm okay, next. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go through kind of the chronology of how they announced it. But I thought this, that I, this I, was I interesting. Say, I, did, I did start getting a little worried when that was one of the first announcements. So yeah, that's kind of like, oh, like we're here. We go. We're, we're just doing meet, meet greets. Where is the <laughs> actress that plays her in the movie? Who <laughs> yep, plays her? Yep. I was definitely that got that got my the hairs on my arm standing up a little bit. Like oh, what I why am I watching this? I got to see who plays her. Like could we have brought her out? 
<laughs> I will say the trailer I've seen from that looks pretty darn good. I am actually pretty excited for this film. So uh, I think it played in front of Elemental, which Elemental is now on Disney Plus, And I don't know if a ton of people went and saw that, but I really, really liked Elemental. So uh, give that a shot if you got Disney Plus. Ariana DeBose. Is that how, am I butchering that pronunciation? Uh, let's let's assume that I'm not. But yeah, she's the actress no. that's, that's, that's playing Asha. And why she wasn't out there to pimp a meet and greet, I have no idea. <laughs> so a guy that we've criticized on here in various in various degrees, and I think as recently as last episode, is Chris Beatty. Uh, and whenever, this is this is all you. <laughs> when he comes on stage, I, I get a little nervous. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately for Ben, it was his turn to be nervous when Chris Beatty <laughs> came on stage. <laughs> so yep. he comes out on stage. I'm like, all right, how are we going to F up the Animal Kingdom some more? But it looks like uh, Daddy's wallet for the Animal Kingdom was taken away and they put him on other tasks. So yep. you want to you want to say what what he what he did when he was on stage, Ben? Are we just going right to the country bears? Yeah, and, yeah. And punching me in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, yep. we're getting we're getting a, an updated country bear show. Okay. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, I wouldn't say stuff. I mean, there's definitely some issues with the current country bears. Yes. I, and I have said on this show many times over that if there is any problematic characters or content in those parks, I have no problem with those things going away and honestly think they should. Okay. Uh, uh, it, theme parks are a place for literally everybody to go to and to escape. And not to have any of the issues of the real world like in their face at any moment. That's just my not my opinion, especially on a place like the Magic Kingdom, where it, you should not feel offended by anything in there. And there are definitely things in the Country Bears. Uh, Liverlips McGraw, uh, right off the bat, is a problematic character, a problematic name. And so, uh, can we? I want to stop you right there. For the longest time, I assumed his last name was McGraw, not McGrowl. Yeah. I, well, I didn't know that until I saw yeah. it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. And it looks like they, you know, with the poster that they released with it, they're definitely changing that character name, which, yep. great. That's that's fantastic. I'm, I'm very happy for that. Uh, and I have zero issues with that. So uh, now the content of the show to where it's going to be the Bears singing their takes on classic Disney songs. Yep. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I love that. Uh, they showed was, one example that was yep. on well, the nose, but it would make way sense. On the nose. <laughs> <laughs> they showed Tennessee musicians performing bare necessities. And I mean, they could have just put bare necessities into the existing country bears when they redid it a few years ago. And I don't think yep. anybody would have batted an eye if that replaced the devilish Mary song as an example. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, continue. Where I've come to settle on this, I've said it on here before. I love the Country Bears. It was my favorite attraction as a kid. It was during the uh, 100 years uh, anniversary back, oh, no, the Walt's 100th uh, birthday. When I worked in the parks, we all got to pick, you know, your favorite character, your favorite attraction, your favorite Disney thing on your name tag, as opposed to your city or, you know, college on the college program. I put country bears on mine. I love the thing as a kid. We go to it. It's, it's, you know, every trip, one of the first things we do in the Magic Kingdom is go ride, go see the country bears. Um, where I've settled this guy on knows this how to go was, through a Storton plan correctly. 
<laughs> I throw off Lynn. I do it purposely to make the algorithm on Lynn's yeah, app you're, just you're on go, Lynn's what app, the? And it just spits out, really? That's where you're yeah, going first? Yeah. yeah. So, so I just, I try to screw with Lynn as much as I can. Um, <laughs> the, I, I finally realized the alternative is we probably would lose the country bears just outright if they didn't do this update. I think that's the reality you have to face, unfortunately. Yep. And so... If this is what I'm going to get, the, I, I will take it. Uh, I would rather have this than no country bears at all. Uh, I will also say this came out in college, but back so mid '90s, uh, and I don't even think you can stream it anywhere right now. But there was an album that came out that was called "The Best of Country Sing the Best of Disney," and it was some of the most popular country music acts at the time doing country renditions of very popular Disney songs. And I love that CD. I love that album. Uh, and I have a feeling we're going to get a lot that kind of stuff. So part of me was just taken back. We're like, I like that. I like their takes on it. If it, and based on what we heard with Bear Necessities, it seems like they're going very much in that direction. Yep. I would rather, I would rather see that than no country bears at all. Uh, so I will take my medicine and put a <laughs> smile on my face and go see those scratched up hardwood floors and uh, you know enjoy my bears for a little bit longer. The album that you mentioned, I don't know if I've heard that. What actually came to mind was another album called Disney Music from the Parks. And I think the only track I have from that one are the Bare Naked Ladies singing Grim Grinning Ghost, which actually isn't a bad track for, yeah. for what it is. No, but that's a good one. Back to Country Bears. So to your point about this being replaced, there was the story that WDWNT ran four years ago about it being replaced with a Toy Story marionette show. Mm-hmm. And I don't recall all of the details on that, but my understanding is that it was a very real thing. Tom presumably just jumped the gun on how far along in development it was and whether or not it had gotten the green light, which, yep. I mean, we called him out about stuff like that mm-hmm. during COVID where he, he ran with something because he had maybe one source or uh, said it was too early. And there are plenty of people in this niche community that do those sorts of things. But the reality of it is the Country Bear Jamboree has at least been considered in the last five years as a candidate for a replacement. Yeah. But to your, to your overall point, I think this is the way that it gets saved. I expected something perhaps integrated into a definitive New Orleans square. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that this necessarily fits that vibe. They're saying mm-mm, more mm-mm. Tennessee yeah. with this, which isn't really frontier either. It's closer to New Orleans, but no, I think it, leaning into the music. So I think it also, you know, we'll get to this actually probably pretty soon, but it, it leads me to believe that they still haven't figured out exactly what they're going to do with the Magic Kingdom expansion. The and so, yeah, we, we've talked about the issues with the New Orleans Square slash frontier land and that kind of corner of the park and what it actually is. I guess this still pseudo keeps it Frontierland, except you know, there. I think we all anticipate Pecos Bill becoming Tiana's. Yeah. So you know, you're going to have Country Bears exiting into a New Orleans, you know, restaurant. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's going to be know. kind we'll of. See. It's kind of. Like, I think they're going to potentially move move the borders. There's going to be some yeah. redistricting, if you will, of Liberty Square and whatever yeah. Frontierland becomes. And what I, I think Diamond Horseshoe was previously the benchmark and maybe it moves up to Country Bear Jamboree where it is kind of a little bit in between. But uh, did you ever hear the story of 
uh, Derek Bergen's first encounter with Tom and it, uh, Tom Corliss. It does involve the Country Bear Jamboree. I don't think I have, no. So Derek had never met Tom before. Like they had presumed, because Derek likes to troll everybody on the internet. <laughs> um, so this is this is probably my favorite Derek story. He runs into Tom at a restaurant, never having met him before, and says, you ruined my dream of having a Toy Story marionette show, and then walks out and says nothing else. And the people that were with him are like dying laughing. This was within, you know, a week or two of that story breaking and Tom announcing his fight with Disney. And really yep. just kind of perfect that, <laughs> of all That's, the things to be mad at him for. Th- that is a good one. My favorite Derek story has a <laughs> has to do with you and the D23 Expo. Maybe we can tell that after the uh, at the show closing. Yeah, that'll be the uh, that'll be the after dark version of Marty Cole. <laughs> I do. I was in the Magic Kingdom. I do remember the day that this marionette story broke because I took a photo uh, in front of the country bears of me pretending to chain myself to the pole outside and. Uh, to, to start the movement to save the country bears. So, <laughs> you know, it, I, without a doubt, I think there was validity to what Tom ran out there. And it, again, I think we've talked, we, I know we've talked about it here before where he's fed rumors to get it out there to then Probably. see the response. And obviously the response to that was quite negative, uh, which made them, it's no different than what they did with Moana and Zootopia at the D23 Expo. <laughs> they did uh, the same so, thing with Chris Beatty and he worked abs- for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I like this idea way more than a Toy Story marionette show. So my bears are going to be around for a little bit longer, just in a new form. I I wouldn't mind though, you know, give us give us one or two new bears if we're going to go sure, this route. Give us give us something new. Give us something as opposed to just a new soundtrack with the same stuff. So get, I don't want everything changed. I want Henry still there. I want Big Al. But yeah, you know, it wouldn't hurt to swap one out, swap two out. Give us something a little new, but uh, as opposed to just the music. So. We'll you're see. probably going to get new voices because I imagine that most of the original yep. voice actors are no longer with us. So yep. you're going to have you're going to have some of that anyway. But uh, I'll be honest; I have not seen Country Bears in Florida son of in a bitch. 15 years. I think you. Marie has only seen it in Florida once, and it was the Christmas version. If that tells you how long ago well, it was, that's the end of Marty called. Not just <laughs> this episode, but forever. Uh, it's been nice, nice working with you, Tim. I have seen the two different versions of the hybrid English-Japanese version of it. We saw <laughs> we saw the regular show and the Vacation Hoedown over there, and both <laughs> dual English-Japanese uh, pleasing nobody in the audience. To be honest is with you, is that the one? Is that the one where uh, Big Al sings in front of a hibachi girl? I don't remember. Um, that was a terrible joke. There's no. <laughs> I, I would. I, there was That's, something I don't remember what, what I'm so unfamiliar with the show. You, you can't make <laughs> jokes about it because I don't remember any of it. Big Al right. never worked at Benihana. Okay, got it. <laughs> uh, so Chris Beatty, let's talk about him because okay. he he went on stage at the D23 Expo and he was there with Jennifer Lee, who I think was the head of the Disney Animation Studios. I don't know if she still is, but she was, I believe, the director on Zootopia and they were talking about the things that they could do for the animal kingdom. <laughs> they presented the most empty presentation in the history of the D23 Expo. So they sold it as this weird thing. And I don't want to get into the tropical America section just yet, yeah. but in terms of Chris Beatty's role here, cause he came on stage relatively early. Mm-hmm. It's getting to the point where his functional role in Imagineering might 
B, to get an initial go-ahead to move forward on a project before somebody else comes in and actually fixes the project. Because we've Mm -hmm. heard stories that he had an underwhelming pitch for Star Wars. He had a pitch for the Dinoland replacement. This was public that this all happened. (laughs) And he was the creative director of New Fantasyland and was probably involved with the initial pitch there that had all the princess meet and greets that Tom Staggs comes in and like his eight-year-old kids go in and say, hey, can we get something that isn't princesses in here? So like he gets perhaps the initial thing done by working with that same artist that they always use and get great pieces of beautiful concept art. And then somebody else goes in and actually adds the substance to it. It's really kind of interesting that he has the, the way that he's been used lately. So one of the other, uh, just, I wanted to acknowledge that, but yeah. he also mentioned a, that Zootopia is coming to Disney's animal kingdom, but not as a Dinoland replacement as a Zootopia show for the tree of life, replacing they presumably replacing it's tough to be a bug. That's what the concept art showed i didn't anticipate it to be like a projection show on the tree of life i assume you you made the same deduction no without a doubt it's inside yeah. you know they they talked about clawhauser yeah and how impressive an uh, audio animatronic he is that's without a doubt going in the hopper uh yep. spot uh i don't understand how this works <laughs> at all but we'll see i, I think I, that this doesn't bother me as much as some of the other proposals yeah is that a good or bad i mean <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it's hidden. You're not going to have over-the-top Zootopia theming, which is probably too cartoony and would probably clash with a lot of the real-world environments of Animal Kingdom. I'm thinking of the queue. I'm thinking of everything leading up to it. I don't know. It's just a weird shoving it inside of the Tree of Life, uh, shoving it inside that icon of a park, that uh, knowing what that park represents and what that tree represents. Yeah. And then just having an IP show inside of that kind of go, you know, just the characters in the story of Zootopia is opposite of what that park is meant to be. Right. And then are they going to, is it just going to be a straight up Zootopia like experience or are they going to try to shove some conservation storyline in there? Yet you've got a police officer as the auto animatronic next on the side. I, I don't understand. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't, we don't know, know what, what the story be. It's are. a really... It's going to be interesting to see how they pull this off. Uh, I know I, by listening to Park Cheese, you, you're not a fan of uh, Tough to Be a Bug. Me and my family love it. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I, I think it's a really cool show with some really awesome special effects in there that really uses like like that theater is inside of a tree. You're in like you're you're, you're it's weird, it is but fitting the, it, in that environment. But it, absolutely, at the end of the day, it's still a theater and. But we're ultimately, like, it's tough to be a bug. Isn't a sacred show by any means. No, no, no. But but it does. It did fit in its place there logically. The way it's yeah, the way it's presented is really cool. Like, uh, give me something else along those lines. Give me a give me a National Geographic. 3D. We've talked I don't know. about I, that as an option. I, I, I we talked about in the last episode of me seeing Awesome Planet for the first time yeah. and being like, "Oh my god, I should have seen this a long time ago." Give me something like that inside the Tree of Life. Are we now going to go through that queue, go inside, and all of a sudden we're inside of a police station? Yeah, like I don't. I, it's it's going to be just odd. It'll um, be a weird setup to see how much change they make because the the theater and it's tough to be a bug all fit logically. They could. 
basically keep the holding area very similar yeah. and not have this be themed to a police station and just have this be, I mean, I don't I mean, he's remember. Got, Clawhauser's oh. got to be, at, he's got to be at a desk. I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's, it's weird, we're, man. We're not Imagineers. We just play them on podcasts. The <laughs> idea of, well, a bug's life, it's been a while since I've seen it. Are there conservation nature related themes or is this just like the plight of bugs because like uh, they're, the, de- the, they're dealing with bug problems they're dealing with larger yeah it's so, i think and and yeah it, it's bu- it's all bug theme but obviously the stuff that they're dealing with is because of humans or because of okay. things in nature so they're then dealing with it um and I think Tough to Be a Bug does a pretty good job of explaining like what bugs are, how many bugs yeah. are actually out there. By you killing bugs, it does this to you know that this is the effects if we weren't here or what your world would be like. That so there's a reason we're important. Um, there is you know oddly when Hopper comes out, it a pretty decent little uh, educational moment in that film. Yeah, it's it's got the conservation me- message. It has the education message. I don't recall the movie well enough to know if this is just using the familiar characters to tell a story befitting of the park. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, if that's what they end up doing with Zootopia, then okay. And I mean, the logical thing would be go over the Earth's biomes using the characters from Zootopia as your vehicle for telling the story. Then, all right, fine. But if it's like a rehash, a 10 minute. 15 minute rehash of Zootopia, then that doesn't really fit. So we'll see what it all shakes out to be. But for me, this is a substantially better option than giving Zootopia its own ride or perhaps even its own land up by Rafiki's Planet Watch. Yeah. um, Similar to like Country Bears. Like, all right, if the other option was removing Country Bears entirely, if the option was Zootopia has to go here, where can we put it that's the least offensive? All right. That's kind of my thinking. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, we even on our last show we talked about like you know they haven't done enough with like the Lion King. There's there are there's oh, there are there are definitely other IPs if they wanted to keep it IP that they could have put in here that would have kept a, uh, a yeah like a, why does Utopia better... jump ahead of the Lion King? That's a great right point. right. And so they it's like. It's almost like we said we're going to do something with Zootopia at D23, so we have to do – if we're not going to do that original idea, we got to put it somewhere. No, you didn't have to put it anywhere. Like you could have just said we're not doing Zootopia. Uh, Zootopia would work perfect like in the studios. Like the animation courtyard to (laughs) me, like put it there. If you really want Zootopia in the park, put it up there. But at the same time, we did see footage of the Zootopia ride um, that was released the the week of D23, and then a little bit more of it showed up at D23. All right, Destination D, I'm sorry. Right. And I, I think we all kind of <laughs> quickly, we quickly agreed a little bit that police chase the ride in a theme park in America probably is uh, yeah maybe a not little, good not great <laughs> so and there, make no mistake about it that ride is police chase the ride like yeah. the, the the red and blue lights are going off the whole time as you're driving around <laughs> it's it's without a doubt a ride based on a police chase and interesting choice and and i think that's <laughs> they should have steve gutenberg host it i think that would be the, uh, the approach. yeah 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 so so i think i figured out why zootopia jumped over i'm looking on garner holt's website right now they have a buy one get one deal on claw 
animatronics. <laughs> that's that's actually what happened here. So they were like, "All right, we're pot committed. We got two for the price of one." Yeah. So, well, I mean, we're in a we're in a animal theme park, and like we don't have one Jungle Book thing at all. Like, why can't we have a Baloo? You got bear uh, necessities going to Country Bears. What do you want? Uh, absolutely, but like, put the Jungle Book in there. Put there's there's other options that to me make a lot more sense than Zootopia being crammed into this thing. So I'm, they tried I'm, to have the Jungle Book characters on Kite Tales, but people complained about the kamikaze uh, floats that they had. So I didn't. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, I, I it I think this is the. <laughs> the, the least bad option. And I've, I probably wasn't going to go in and see it's tough to be a bug unless somebody dragged me in there. It's certainly not anything I was going to volunteer to do in the last 10 years. I have probably scanned my pass at it's tough to be a bug, uh, fast pass plus location more than I've ever actually gone in to see the show <laughs> so that I could clear the three fast pass plus requirements for that park. So that gives you an idea of my fondness for yeah, the show. You're a coward though, that leaned forward during the, Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, the you can call me a coward all so. you want. I'm not leaning back for that. The stinger <laughs> was one thing, but the bugs crawling under your butt, which I'm sure don't work anymore. That was the one that really creeped me out. They so. absolutely still work. Um, okay. Cause I've been on it multiple times in the last. <laughs> oh, we get, we, we get that thing to work, but we still can't fix the damn Yeti. Got nope. It. <laughs> well, you see the the bugs under your seat. That's in a totally different building. So, okay. uh, <laughs> and how you have the uh, the engine of a seven forty seven powering the bugs. It Got does. It. <laughs> <laughs> kind of feels like that when you get stung. So, yeah. something else that was mentioned. I don't know if this was Chris Beatty mentioning this or this was somebody else on stage, but a new tavern coming to Adventureland that will feature the Barker Bird, the uh, the long lost Peg Leg Pete. Barker Bird as a pirates themed tavern. Now we've had pirates themed taverns in the past. I don't know if this, they didn't really specify. I initially thought that this was going to replace Tortuga Tavern, but another option is that it could also replace the pirates league area. But Mm -hmm. for me, like where my mind went was, all right, we're announcing this. And then as Ben said, 10 minutes ago, Tiana's and they would close both, Tortuga Tavern and Pecos Bill at the same time. Those two share a kitchen and it would make sense to update both establishments. Yeah. But I don't know if you had any insight as to where you thought this might be going. It's It's got to be I, one of those two, right? I thought Tortuga Tavern uh, yeah. immediately. Um, it's just a, it's a great spot that's just not utilized at all except for seating. Now close that in, utilize the kitchen space that's already there. I think the Pirates League is too small. Probably. Uh, I don't. I don't want this to have a. Uh, well, it depends on what this is. If this is a real like tavern, if it's a real bar, then it's got to be Tortuga Tavern. Yeah, yeah. And the last thing you want is a really cool bar and have the same kind of. Uh, oh God, what's the name? Trader Sam's, like at Disneyland, yeah. where it's so small and the lines out the door, and you got to wait an hour just to even get on the wait list. And yeah, right. yeah. If you do that inside the Pirates League, that's exactly what you're going to have. If you do yeah, it at Tortuga Tavern, you got there. plenty of space. I would do it over there without a doubt. So Disney has used the name Tavern in the Magic Kingdom yeah. multiple times, yeah. and there has not been alcohol involved. Is this different? I think so. I think so. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think I wouldn't mind like, if there's. I wouldn't mind if there were food options to go with it, though. Uh, not, yeah. not make the you know that's kind of like Oga's uh, to where there there's really there isn't any food. There's just small. you can have you can have six peanuts. Yeah, maybe make this a little <laughs> bit more like. Uh, 
baseline tap house okay. with some appetizers in there and stuff that you can get to go along with your drinks. But I, yeah, make this a little bit more than just a bar by itself. But I think, I think with them changing the rules with alcohol, especially in the magic kingdom, that now the reason you didn't have it before is because you didn't serve alcohol in the park. Right. Uh, now you do. And so sure. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to not be selling some, you know, rum drinks inside of a pirate's tavern. Uh, right. To be honest with you, but yeah, at the same, <laughs> I, I don't know how far they want to go with this. You know, I guess butter beer does have beer in the name, uh, so yeah. kids are drinking it, and there's no hiding around. But you know, root beer also has beer in the name, and kids drink root beer. I don't know if you want to have a uh, kids offering or they're like pretending be like they have cocktails a, here. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. It's but, the Magic Kingdom. I imagine <laughs> that they would. We'll see, but no, I do hope it's a little bit more of a fun bar. Yeah, yeah. No, that that would be good if they do it. I just I, we don't really know what to expect. They were vague, but it's probably a good thing. They've mm-hmm. if it's the Tortuga Tavern area, they really haven't had much success there in decades. No, before no. when it was Pirati Perico, and part of that is that they just don't open it up. So right. hypothetically, we talk about the logistics of things beyond just the actual Imagineering of it. So if they're going to be shutting down Tortuga Tavern and Pecos Bill, and we don't know that they are. But if they're shutting both of those down, they actually do have the release valves for dining elsewhere in the park. They don't utilize Diamond Horseshoe all that much. They don't utilize the Tomorrowland Terrace all that much. So they could have other restaurants open up and take both of those down for a prolonged period of time over the next year. And the Tiana's Place redo at Disneyland actually went pretty fast yeah they did that pretty quickly so they kind of probably already have the blueprint down they probably have stuff already designed uh most of it's probably already made the interior stuff i would think if they were going that route they probably already have it ready to go um so i would think that turnaround wouldn't be too long and obviously we're already not getting anything at tortuga tavern so putting some walls up there for a little bit to open that up you're not losing anything uh at that point so and and this is one of those kind of things that they revealed that we actually really like when there's other stuff that's revealed as well. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I think there's some pretty positive vibes coming off of this one. When you're also telling about other rides opening, other attractions, other ideas coming, and then you sprinkle this in, it's going to get a much bigger pop Completely. than opposed to what they've done at the last several instances of like normal. And this would have been the biggest thing they announced at D23 for Florida. <laughs> it really would have been. They announced three meet and greets and that was about it. Yeah. So, so w- if this was what your your big cleanup hitter was, then this would have sucked. But they right. finally kind of figured out, let's give them a few things and then they're going to like this as well. And, and I think everything I've read and everything I've heard from people, they're looking forward to this because mm-hmm. it's one of a many things that are coming to the park parks. Right. One of the few live action things they've done that isn't Marvel or Star Wars based yeah. has, uh, that they've had success with is Pirates. So continuing to lean into that as well. But I think this is a positive. I also think what it means is that any change to Pecos Bill probably won't happen until after Tiana's opens. That mm-hmm. it sounds like that'll be probably tabled for a bit. But a couple of other quick hit items. They gave an opening date for Journey of Water, October 16th. The concept art that they had shown previously did have Moana there, but they never officially announced that a meet and greet would go with it. So that also takes place October 16th. Nailed it. Don't know what that means from a uh, a standpoint of Moana at the Animal Kingdom, which is where she's currently meeting. The surprising thing was there wasn't really an update on Tiana's. They showed 
the skeletal framework of a Lewis animatronic, but mm-hmm. nothing nothing else beyond that. Was so, that Lewis or was that Br'er Bear? <laughs> it could have been Br'er Bear that they just stripped. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't have known I, the we, difference. We all joke that that was what they were going to do, was strip right, Br'er Bear right. and put, but this was definitely a new, modern, electric yeah, audio animatronic. It looked cool. It looked large. So that's, I hope they put fur on it. Otherwise, it's going to look like <laughs> shit when the ride opens. <laughs> yeah, Lewis was green in the movie. He's white right now, so it's weird. <laughs> He's white slash translucent. But on it was not much. But it was again a positive thing that they showed, in my opinion. Like, okay, we we asked for that. If they're going to do this, do it yeah. big, and don't don't just a reskin. Don't do it cheap. And he was a large figure, uh, and it's a brand new figure. It's not a reskin of the bear, which. They could have done that. <laughs> yeah. def- there, there were definitely sequences like the one where Bear's laying on his back and his feet are up in the air. That could have been Lewis with a trumpet in his hand playing along, and we would have not thought any different. And sh- they still might do it, but at least we know one new Lewis is coming. I think they're – so this actually goes back to the Country Bear thing. I think they are getting rid of all of these older animatronics. And yeah. the same is probably happening in Country Bears. You're going to get all electric animatronics as well. Yeah. So, and if Rise I, of the Resistance tells us anything, these are far more reliable. I do tell you, if maybe they didn't have it ready yet, but if they had been able to show like the head figure of a Tiana and have it yeah. not be in a projection and just show off that it is the the version of the characters, I hope like they've learned that lesson. I think they have, but that would have been a major pop. People would have yeah. gone nuts if they had seen that. Two seconds of them being like, "All right, great, thank God, we're not getting projection characters." Yeah. I th- the the surprising thing was I did expect a little bit more from Tiana's Bio Adventure as it is the going into this the biggest project really the only project of yeah. substance that is a new ride or at least an update to an existing ride that was currently in the works I expected yeah. them to show like either animatronics as you said or some sort of ride visualization they do that pretty regularly at these things I expect to see just like a float through of one scene whatever mm-hmm. that scene may have been. But anyway, so uh, no real update in Tiana's. It's still obviously happening, but maybe we'll just kind of get the dribs and drabs of that throughout the next year. The other items that were interesting were some more opening dates. The Hatbox Ghost debuts in late November. The Imagineer that came out, uh, forgive me, I forget his name. He did not look comfortable on stage, and I think it was because he was put into a shitty position. They're like, you got to explain this, do some mental gymnastics on stage to say why he's going here, and whatever. I mean, we've already talked about that. Hatbox Ghost is going in. It's a new figure. We like it. The I don't know if I talked about this on Park Cheese or if this is just in our private conversation. I wonder, this is one of the first things that Disney will be putting into an existing attraction that the new oversight committee, DeSantis's oversight committee would have some input on. I wonder if there's any games played with it where like they need to sign off on this figure going in that sort of thing. If they like delay the reopening of the mansion by a week, I wonder if something like that could happen because like the fire department used to sign off on changes of that substance. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Just, just a thought. Yeah. Let's talk more politics. Let's stay on this Yeah, topic. more, more politics. That's why people yeah, click in. We can go into Lur- update. Uh, <laughs> we can go into Lorcana if you want. <laughs> I did pull a. Uh, I did pull a Desantis. Uh, he's a. He's a uh, seven on power his. level seven. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Let's see. We got uh, Luminous, the name of the 
replacement to Epcot forever. Sorry, before you go there, do we want to hop over? They gave no input on this at all, but they did talk about the expansion at the Magic Kingdom going into overdrive uh, at this point. But yeah, I was going to kind of save all the Bruce Vaughn stuff for the. Let's say that for later. Then screw me. Yeah, there's there's some method (laughs) to my madness. But thanks thanks for the show notes. God. When, when, when have you done show notes? Well, I, that's talk, not fair. Let's we, talk more about the hot dog cart opening. Let's go back to that. Come there on, is a go. new hot dog cart that's going to be coming <laughs> along to Yana's Bayou. Uh, so Luminous is the Epcot fireworks show. We hadn't received a name yet. It is debuting December 5th, which is lousy timing for myself and my family. We leave the day before. And the they didn't really give any detail on it but they did say disney music which tells me that this is probably going to be closer in soundtrack soundtrack to harmonious than illuminations but we shall see when they say disney music to me that implies disney movie based music i heard there were some uh, musicians in tennessee working on uh, the soundtrack for this. <laughs> can use the same score, the same soundtrack <laughs> as they do for Country Bears. They're going to test it out of Epcot. Why not? As long as it ends with a whole new world from Aladdin, then I'll be happy. The, hey, the, the, other, the, the taco barges are gone. Shut up. You're fine. Just deal with I mean, whatever it is that's, now. What I'm expecting is Josh to buy a shirt, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm expecting Harmonious, ideally with some better narrative yeah. that goes along with it. And without Less the visual intrusion, yep, it's yep. not going to be illuminations. I'm not expecting myself to like this more so than illuminations. I'm already predisposed to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that we were talking about is, do I extend my trip to see the opening <laughs> night of this, thus ensuring its shittiness? But if I don't <laughs> do it, then it's going to be the greatest show ever. That's yep. the likeliest scenario because it depends you know, on how much you want to ruin your vacation or not. Murphy's Law. But yep. the other thing is, worlds. The rest of World Celebration will also debut in December. They didn't give a specific date, so I'm, I'm lumping this in the same way that I'm lumping in the Hatbox Ghost. That there are probably more things that the oversight committee needs to sign off on. And that's why they're not willing to give a firm date because if any games are going to be played politically, it's going to be on the opening of things. So it wouldn't surprise me if this is, if the world celebration opening is going to be comparable to, was it 2021 when they were putting the Trump figure into the hall of presidents and they're like, it's going to open in 2021 and like December 29th, they open it. Yeah. I could see world celebration taking right into the end of the month. Oh, man. Now I kind of want DeSantis to win the election and for Disney, like, to ref- this will be the first time they refuse to put a figure in. Oh, that would be funny. Re- it'd be that just, be f- like, I don't, I don't <laughs> want him to win for any other reason than that. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, man, that would be hilarious. Like, this is when they finally decide to close down the Hall of Presidents if he wins the election. He's all, right. all excited. Well- Can I go get my... <laughs> We'll take it. We'll take actual political <laughs> reasons behind it, and we don't want to make this a political show. Yes, we but do. For, for, oh. for pure comedic purposes, for Disney pure, having pure. to put a DeSantis animatronic <laughs> in the Hall of Presidents, even your staunchest DeSantis critic has to find that somewhat funny. That would be funny. That would be funny. <laughs> what it would it would absolutely be when they decide to close the Hall of Presidents, which they should have done <laughs> yeah, twenty years ago. We're done. But we're done. <laughs> no. <laughs> When do I come in? Nope, we're done. <laughs> All right. So moving away from <laughs> Governor DeSantis, 
the big surprise from this for me, I mean, there's a couple of them. The the Animal Kingdom changes were certainly a surprise. But the one that I wasn't expecting, but we really should be expecting these types of things, because for some reason, GM and Chevy keep sticking around, is Test Track. Yeah. How, how do you feel about this one? Uh, I'm, I don't love the new one. I prefer the original Test Track. Yep. But them talking about having like a nod to World of Motion has me intrigued in a way. I mean, the current one has nods to World of Motion in as much as it has the logo in it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're going to do here. It's oddly, my, my, I just watched uh, a ride through of World of Motion with my daughter like two weeks ago for no reason. Yep. She had never seen it before. And I love that ride. I absolutely loved it. And, you know, it had all to do with the storytelling. It had to do with the figures. It had to do with the comedy. And, it's the underappreciated ride of original yeah. Future World. Yeah. So many others get credit. It was one of the first ones replaced. I think it was the first one replaced. Yeah, it would yeah. have been because it closed in like 94, 95. So. I mean, everybody talks about Horizons, but I love this one just as much as I did Horizons. Uh, I, I, I had a blast riding it and, and brought back so many memories. So them talking about what they're doing here and then the concept art that the, the one image that they showed, and it's obviously during the. Uh, Switchbacks, yeah. Yeah, the switchbacks, and there's trees there, and there's light in the distance. Are you seeing an increase uh, in lateral forces? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I like the high-speed loop on the current mm-hmm. one. I still love that. I don't think there's any of the tests during the current version of this that I care for uh, compared to the original test track. So... I mean, how could you do this? Could you could you do a slow moving ride that told more of a story and then keep that high speed loop? I don't think you can, because of load and unload and how you would be backed up uh, outside the loop. But does it keep? The, I don't know how you also tell a story with the current speed that it has. Um, you know, tell a story anywhere along the lines of like what they did with World of Motion. So I don't know I'm if the bottlenecks are where you're thinking they are. I mean, you think of how like where that attraction cascades currently mm-hmm. it's it's load it's the seatbelt check and then after mm-hmm. that you really i don't recall getting stuck anywhere on that ride other than maybe right before the out, no, the outdoor section but there's there's several parts on that inside where there is acceleration to keep causing gaps between cars whereas if you just turn this all into one yeah, slow no, moving fair. ride and you only kept yet you still kept the high speed at the end i think there's there's there can be a pretty significant bottleneck at exit hmm. at that point. But I mean, I, I would thought like, about I, it. You're, you may have, I'd, you may have a point there. I'd like to see them try. I would, I wouldn't mind the entire inside portion of that ride to be a slow moving ride through the history of cars or tell a, tell a little bit more of a, a comical, maybe bring back some, I think bringing back whimsy. See, I, the, the first, yeah, version, the current version we'll is see. sterile. Yeah. The previous yeah. two iterations of the transportation pavilion certainly had some whimsy. I think the, yeah. It was a good, the original World of Motion was probably the most whimsical of any version, and then it's gradually become more serious, but the original test track certainly had its Mm -hmm. visual gags, its audio gags. I like the idea of, so on Horizons, they had a a man and a woman as your narrator, and it was Mm lighthearted. The biggest criticism beyond things not actually working correctly on the current version, like the synchronization of your of your uh, SIM cars, excuse me, is that everything feels very sterile in that version. Mm -hmm. So that concept art gives me some hope that that's not going to be the case, that we're going to have some natural 
things inside. I mean, the uh, the comment I think Gary may have said it even on the show was that it looks like the ET cube, yeah. <laughs> where giving some semblance of depth to it as opposed to yeah. well lit flats, which is largely what the current version is. But well, I like we- I like the current version of Test Track, but yeah. I also I would welcome this change. I, I don't think this is a bad thing. Now in Part of my hope with that light, the the way it's lit in that concept art again, because concept art always is exactly what we end up getting. Right. Um, it, it, what we lost with the current version of Test Track is it's so dark in there right. that I, I liked it on the original Test Track when you went up that first hill and then you, you came down over the uh, uh, Belgian blocks and all that stuff. If you looked over to the right, you could see several cars going through all their paces and their tests as well. It was very bright in there. You could see everything around there. I would love to see something like that come back as well to where you could see the other cars driving through. You could see the other guests. Uh, Maybe we get some of that with that kind of light. Maybe that light is just the uh, light at the tunnel as you exit the building for the high speed loop. I don't know. Uh, But something that brought back a little bit more of that as well. I think that's missing from the current one. Um, and maybe it's that's one of the sunset I, simulators I, I, from Kilimanjaro Safari. So just I put it over. was going to make that joke, but oh, I'm sorry to it. But <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't use those anymore. So yeah, they could easily just bring them over. Sorry. I stepped in your joke. <laughs> so I no, think this it, is a good thing. And yeah. we've, we've said that the current version of test track, especially pre and post show feel like classic Epcot to me. You said I'm that. Not, I'm not worried about this <laughs> deviating from that. I, I was but, the one that's ready to get rid of the pre-show so we could walk right on that. You, that's fair. That chopped my head off. But uh. <laughs> but the the reason why this is surprising, first off, it's it's sponsor driven. Absolutely. Yeah. Test track. If you were to put a list of things that needed updating in that park, like I don't disagree that test track could use an upgrade, but there's like five or six things in that park that needed ahead of test track, but I'll gladly take it. I mean, it's not, it's, it's kind of like adding Tron to the Magic Kingdom. Was that exactly what the Magic Kingdom needed? No, but doesn't mean that it's a bad addition. So, no, but, but during that time period that Test Tracks would be offline, Genie Plus better be about $8 per person per day. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, there's, <laughs> geez, if they're charging anywhere near 20 bucks or whatever they like to do in the summer, that's that's such a waste with that ride offline. Um that park's going to suck for, for a good little period. So it's, a, it's already a kind of a headache. I think when the, the middle portion opens up, Moana opens up, there's a couple more things coming back there. So at least the flow through is going to be a little bit easier, but there's not, there's already not enough things to do in that park. And when you take off one of the major e-tickets, that's a people eater. That's a, that's, you know, to this day still has a 60 to 90 minute wait at all times. Holy crap. That park's going to suck. Well, first off, it's not a people eater, but yeah, it's an e-ticket at least, uh, by definition, it is definitely a high demand attraction in that park. By They've people, added, I mean it keeps people in their queue for a long time and off yeah, the streets. Yeah, the fair, fair. But they have added two things to that park, and you know, yes, so it's, of it's, it's, te- <laughs> technically it's, wasn't an addition, but yeah, I was gonna say they added two things, so it's now almost a full park. Like, I mean, <laughs> Epcot is the closest thing. To the uh, from from a from being a full park than to the Magic Kingdom because it has the restaurants it has the experience driven stuff the restaurants and stuff I don't care I mean for 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 a local that might be a great reason to go but for somebody who's got seven days and they're trying to figure out their days like there's there's a reason that park has a genie plus price of like fourteen dollars when it's a slow period they know. 
it's they know the, it's enough. the mediocrity of the ride lineup that yeah. it ha- well it has more rides than Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom but the depth have, yeah. of that lineup yep. is low yep. and you can walk on most days yep. you can walk on several of those attractions you can typically walk on Imagination Grand Fiesta Tour, Seas, oftentimes Mission Space, oftentimes Living with the Land. So there's they, they, a lot of that type of stuff. Honestly, they'd be better off and Space doing Space Birth, obviously. They'd do better off taking making Genie Plus free for that park and doing individual lightning lane for Ratatouille, Frozen, and Guardians at that Don't point. Don't give them ideas, Ben. I'd rather think- pay I'd rather pay for those three and walk on literally everything else. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, what it's, they uh, didn't do is update us on Genie Plus and how it's going to evolve in January. This they, just is, didn't, they didn't tell us the price increase. Is all yeah, that's fair. That's probably exactly <laughs> what it is. But we're anticipating some sort of pre-booking as well as a price increase. Yeah. And the date that they set that up was, I believe, like the week after New Year's. I know they like they could shut down Test Track October 1st if they wanted to. Yeah, but I anticipate that they're probably going to wait until after the new year. The last test track update, I believe, was done in under a year. We don't know how long this one's going to take, but that's probably what we should anticipate somewhere between, let's say, 10 and 15 months for test track to be down. I think because they've added Ratatouille, because they've added Cosmic Rewind, they can take things offline in this park. But to your point, I mean, test track... And Fro- Test Track Frozen and Ratatouille are the reasons to get your Genie Plus for this park because Soren now with a third theater has the higher yep. capacity. But the other announcement was a nice surprise. Soren over California returning September 22nd for a limited time. So I don't know what the driver of this is other than perhaps being just a new option, trying to revitalize some life in there, seeing how much people dislike the bendy Eiffel Tower or if there's actually some sort of motivation behind this where they put Soren over California in here for an interim basis and they perhaps film a new closing for the Epcot scene. Yeah. I mean, Epcot doesn't look anything like Epcot. Um, that, I mean, that's a logical thing or they just decided that Soren over California is the better version of this and Soren around the world. It is. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is. I, I, did it, I did it at DCA on our trip out there last spring break, and it was awesome. Like, it. it, it go ahead. I was going to say, what's, what's interesting to me is that Soarin' Over California is a worse fit for Epcot, but it's a better <laughs> ride. It is. <laughs> yep. So what I'm hoping happens here, I don't know that there's really even a way to correct anything with the straight line and that curve's curved dome. I don't think that's visually possible to do with the way that they film this, but at the very least, if it includes an update to the final flyover of Epcot, when they bring back Soren around the world, then mm-hmm. all right, that's, that's a positive. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing Soren over California again. It's been a few years since I've seen that when I saw it over in California adventure. Yep. It's fun. Very fun. So before we get into the Bruce Vaughn related items, there are a couple of other things that are meaningful to us. Uh, Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point gets an announcement we touched on earlier. We'll and then the, the Disney Adventure will be the larger ship in Asia. Yep. And I think the expectation was that Disney Adventure was always a name in their bingo hopper for cruise ships. So them saving it for the Global Dream ship as opposed to the last of the class for the wish and the treasure yeah i mean I, I don't know that there was any true rhyme or reason for it but there 
they're running out of their words, though. So, so yeah, I don't know what the next one will be. Jim Hill said wish. Uh, they, they just might start recycling names. It's going to be the dream two, the magic two, but electric boogaloo. Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, it's, it's been a while since I've been on a Disney cruise. Um, I don't know that I'll ever get on the, the Asian ship, but I mean, it's, it's massive. I, I can't wait to see what they do with it because it's going to have different rules than yeah. the other cruise ships. So that's, that in itself will be interesting. What did they say? It was 19 stories tall. Yeah, I think the the other ones are maybe 12. Yeah. So that's that's in itself interesting. But yeah. So Bruce Vaughn, he came on stage. We ha- he hasn't had a public appearance for Disney. I think since well since being S canned and rehired. I don't think they've actually had him on stage <laughs> for anything. Mm-mm. And he's also been somebody that we've kind of mocked, I think, in large part for me. That was when he, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, large part for me. <laughs> Who's the asshole? Well, Josh is as well. But he you're the, one, had, you're the one that gets close enough to these guys to tell them shit. So, <laughs> so I think it was back in 2013. There was a Q and A that he presided over, and they mentioned like Harry Potter, and he just kind of dismissed it. And I understand that he's in a room full of Disney fans and didn't want to give a legit answer, but he kind of threw out the bring it on. And then they had nothing on the table. No. Um, But I've been educated that he had a significant role and I don't know how true this is, but he had a significant role in the evolution of Disney sea, which if that's on his resume, then all right, I want him back in charge. That place sucks, right? Where I think he is interesting is that he does, We've identified, and we're not the only ones, that Disney as a company has had a creative vacuum for a bit. And him being brought back in the fold, if he does truly have that tie back to, say, the Baxter-Sklar era of Imagineers, is, is a good thing. So I think we have to give him some credit here for presumably jumping in to the evolution of Animal Kingdom, and perhaps also the Beyond Big Thunder uh, thing. So the, the Photoshop job and the Pandora photo, you got to put him back in. If he's getting some credit <laughs> here, we need to Photoshop him back into that photo. But you touched on the Beyond Big Thunder. Let's do that first. They didn't really go into details on this other than they clearly eliminated one of the items. Yep. So Encanto moved over to the Animal Kingdom. And then what did tomorrow say? It's about to go into overdrive. For Beyond Big that, Thunder? That, that was the term used. Uh, so much overdrive that they couldn't tell us anything at right, all. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, except for that when we think about the expansion, think about it on the scale of Galaxy's Edge or Pandora. So Which I, hope, I hope it's more on the side of Galaxy's Edge than Pandora, because uh, I would think Galaxy's Edge is... I don't know. I guess I haven't looked over, but I, I think it's bigger. If you if you the, I mean, include the footprint of like the show buildings and everything for they're both rides. pretty darn big. Honestly, yeah. they're both like ten, more than ten acres. But the area in question here is substantial. It's going to be larger than any expansion that they've done to any of the parks. Mm-hmm. The one thing that is that most people are saying that seemingly have ties here is that a component of this will be a haunted mansion restaurant. That hmm. whatever the pathway is from Thunder Mountain, it will probably connect over to Haunted Mansion, whether Tom Sawyer Island gets totally redone or if it is a gigantic loop to facilitate whatever expansion they're doing. 
as part of that, there will be a Haunted Mansion restaurant. Now, they didn't say that during the presentation, but there's been multiple people, and they may be echoing the same original story, that are suggesting that that is on the table. So I think the, the thing that has people most intrigued here is a Disney villain's land. And if that is all they do, if they just go from Thunder Mountain to Haunted Mansion and just have a massive Disney villains area... Yeah, I think we have to call that a huge win, right? Yeah, yeah. I think based on the news that they dropped with Animal Kingdom, that was mm-hmm. my first assumption: is that that whole kind of Beyond Big Thunder is not anything Western. It's it's all bad guys. Uh, yeah, and I think that's probably the route to go. Like, if the- you're gonna do it, do it big, go all out. There's a treasure trove of characters that you can pull from to make some pretty amazing stuff. Um, so yeah, that was my first thought after seeing the animal kingdom stuff was like, Oh, there's a reason in Kanto's over here now. Right. The only thing, the only, I guess, unanswered question, assuming that that's the case is, does that mean that Coco doesn't get any representation? And I could see whether they call it Frontierland, whether they call it something else, something that would lump a Coco edition to Thunder Mountain. Something but you like know, that. You know the benefit of Coco? It can go into the studios. It can it, it can find yeah. its way into like a a revamped Frontierland area, even Adventureland a little bit if you want to. You there's you can shoehorn Coco into a few spots that yeah. just because it's not back there now. I, I it, to me, if it's majority going to be villains back there, it doesn't make sense to put Coco back there. Um but, Unless it's part of like Frontierland as a transition, and you've got like some sort of Day of the Dead theming that could be a logical transition into villain theme. Again, I will go right back to the animation courtyard at the studios. That is just a completely unused space. Yeah, uh, all fair. and that and that animation building back there is and, and Star Wars Launch Bay is all big enough to put a big attraction. And if you made that a Mexican courtyard with a Mexican restaurant and, and a day, it's a, it's a, every day is a day of the dead celebration leading into an attraction. And it's, it's already a courtyard area. Like that's literally what Coco (laughs) that (laughs) takes place in a courtyard. Like you can, you, there's scenes from that movie. It works. So, and after the other three parks get their love. They're going to have to turn their attention back to the studios, which they didn't speak of anything uh, no. during this time. Put Coco there. You're just fine. I, not to, I mean, and the reason that Disney is looking at, I think a lot of these things is yes, these movies were popular, but I'm going to go back to something that you said, you know, 45 to an hour ago about the Lion King mm-hmm. thing. There are movies as well that were popular in the early nineties that are underrepresented. The Lion mm-hmm. King is one of them. Aladdin is one of them. Why are these jumping over mm-hmm. uh, the, the current franchises? There's a couple of reasons why I think. One, there's there was a push for Chapek, especially, to get modern IP into the parks in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. But also, we've talked about it on here, that there was a push for representation of... Uh, different cultures and different backgrounds to be represented in the parks as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably the initial push of the Beyond Big Thunder section that included Encanto and Coco. It wouldn't surprise me if they've said Coco is not a big enough deal to have a 
significant park presence other than what it already currently has. Possibly. But, but the Encanto does. Uh, what There is a Coco dinner show going on one of the ships that's taking yep. the place of a Frozen show. So it's definitely big enough in somebody's mind to put it, you know, Frozen seems to make money hand over fist. But it's still fist. also like not too far from Mexican no. restaurant that's also popular. You know what yeah, I mean? With mariachi almost, music. There, I think there's definitely something uh, about legacy as well. I mean, these, these films are all Iger era films. Mm-hmm. as well uh you know say Iger left tomorrow and eisner came back in it wouldn't shock me in the least bit that he's going back to his films yeah that's what, fair i want that's aladdin fair. i want a beauty and the beast i want lion king these were my films mm-hmm. we're we're in the Iger era of films and we're getting attractions based on the stuff that he acquired or was made during his time period not shocking i don't in my opinion on that end uh so that i that i until there's another regime that, that doesn't have any attachment to these things, I, I think we'll still keep seeing that stuff. There's a reason we got modern Star Wars, because that's Iger's Star Wars. Right. Uh, there's reasons we're getting Marvel attractions. Those are That was his acquisition. Uh, so, Encanto, Coco, you know, Frozen. These were his things. Zootopia. These were his things. Uh, Indiana Jones. This was his. That was his acquisition. So... Yeah, we're getting stuff built around stuff that is his era. I'm looking forward the forward to the failed Indiana Jones movies as to be what's represented well, here. Yeah, <laughs> you um you mentioned Avengers, and I'll, we'll quickly mention the e-ticket that's going to California Adventure. The they showed a piece of concept art of the vehicle itself. Yeah, I I interpreted it as a trackless vehicle, and I was anticipating something in the line of Rise of the Resistance, but Avengers themed. Others are saying Cosmic Rewind, so we'll kind of see what it comes out hmm. to. I don't know how you hmm. interpreted it. You know what i I did kind of looks I, like a scoop vehicle too. It looks like a scoop to me. I was thinking more kind of Transformers, Dinosaur, Indiana Jones type yeah. type deal. The reason. I don't think they'll do... I don't know. That would be really hard for them to do because they're, they're talking about jumping from worlds. And there's yeah. definitely talk about the top... You know, the, the the same technology that we find in Cosmic Rewind is what they're going to be using to jump uh, multiverse to multiverse. It's a, it's a bit of uh, Wakandan Normal technology, thing, yeah. Iron Man technology, and the, and the Cosmic Cube technology. Uh, I don't... I think a roller coaster like Cosmic Rewind goes too fast for them to tell much of a story. I, I'm with you. I, I don't think this is a roller coaster. I'm mean, going to no. be wrong, but I don't think it is. No, I, so. and I don't think it's a trackless ride system because for me, the one thing that I don't like about trackless is it's very, the, the, the movement of the vehicle is very flat, if that makes sense. I uh, think the Beauty and the Beast one has a little bit of it, but not. Not, Not to the same extent as like dinosaur or indie. No, or a scoop. Uh, yeah. Where where I think you need that for a base. theme park for for a uh, uh, comic book attraction. That's going to be a story adventure. Even on Star Wars, I think it would have benefited from something that gave a little bit more movement. Uh, for for you to get any kind of lift or or 
or feel of sensation of actual moving, you got to get into a, a completely different ride system <laughs> at yeah, two points yeah. on the ride for them to give that to you. Uh, and I don't want that for a, that. That's not enough for a comic book. It's really honestly not enough for a Star Wars ride. And it's not definitely not enough for a Avengers comic book uh, adventure. Whereas like Spider-Man, we've always talked about that. It's the gold standard still. Right. Uh, 20 plus years later of an attraction like this. And even Transformers does it quite, quite well. Um, mm-hmm. This has to be on that line. I think there's also... I'm hoping with more physical sets, but yes. Absolutely, absolutely. I want a lot of physical sets. I want audio animatronics, but I also want something that runs a lot more efficiently than Rise of the Resistance currently does. <laughs> uh, and that's saying something. If you were to then go to like a Indiana Jones type uh, ride system, which Indiana Jones and Dinosaur is down all the time as well. Yeah, they they still haven't figured that out, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like it comes back up quicker than rise <laughs> rise <laughs> being fair. down for multiple hours every day. And this has been years, like it opened that way and they still haven't figured it out. Tells me that they have no clue how to run an attraction that moves at that pace. I think if the attraction is like Ratatouille. That's it is a slower pace, slower movement, scene to scene, not nearly as complicated they can pull it off, but Rise has shown that it's the system is not ready to to pull off that super complicated. Like even the cannons firing back and forth, they can't figure out the timing for that for that effect to come back on. And I would hope an Avengers attraction would at least have a few sequences that was as immersive as that part. And yeah. you know, I think you could pull it off with a Indiana Jones type system. I, I think I think I could figure that out, but I don't know. I, I I saw that concept art though, and the first thing that came to my mind was Scoop more than than the Rise uh, vehicles, gotcha. and I definitely did not think Cosmic Rewind. Although I could easily see them at some point going screw it. That's the uh, maybe it is the cheapest way just to throw everything on screens right next to your vehicle as you go by. But I I think Cosmic Rewind you you get a lot of the story in the queue. And then you go ride the ride. I th- I think, I hope this Avengers ride is you get a lot of the story on the ride itself as opposed to the queue and then just go through a two-minute adventure. I mean, the, the thing about Cosmic Rewind, because of the nature of those vehicles where you can direct them in a certain way, you can have them moving slower, you could tell it almost like the Diagon Alley Harry Potter ride. Uh the Escape from Gringotts, where you have like planning you in front of a, a screen or a scene and telling the story that way. But mm-hmm. anyway, we're, let's, but let's move totally, away from that's that. A, that's a totally different ride system than Cosmic Rewind in the way it it's is, all set it's, up. It's, yeah. not, it's not too dissimilar. Um, I think Cosmic it's, Rewind is a substantially better attraction and it pulls it off better. But Yeah, but it, uh, the way that Gringotts goes, though, it specifically stops you at multiple points to yeah, yeah. let those story beats happen. I don't consider that really a roller coaster like at all. in a weird way but it it, whereas cosmic rewind to me is a straight up roller coaster that has really cool effects around you it's a roller coaster in the same way that journey into imagination is a roller coaster and spaceship earth is a roller coaster kind of yeah kind (laughs) of all right so we are getting a coaster inside spaceship earth right didn't they i think yeah i think that happened that's (laughs) going down same time test track is the thing that i was very pleasantly surprised by was the change in dinoland because Mm -hmm. we had been told by uh, <laughs> this goes to tell you, don't believe everything on the internet. That this was very close to being greenlit, the Moana Zootopia version of Dino Land, and then something changed. The most notable element that changed. I'm going back to Bruce Vaughn here. If if he's to take credit for this, 
Somebody came in and looked at that plan and said, Zootopia doesn't fit here. Let's come up with something that makes a little bit more sense. Now, that doesn't mean that Encanto and Indiana Jones are perfect fits for Disney's Animal Kingdom. But I think the idea of a Tropical Americas section in that park, if we if we have to lose dinosaurs, that makes a lot more sense for that park than like a faux Oceana slash Zootopia land, which is what we were getting before. I, I looked at the concept art and like, I mean, I can study that thing like the, the Zapruder film. There's not a whole lot revealing in it, but no. the way that they presented this, they talked about Encanto and then they played Indiana Jones music. They didn't specify <laughs> either thing, but you see a temple as the facade where dinosaur was. You see the Casa Madrigal, off to the left, roughly where Primeval World was, and then a mystery flat ride as well. Um, it's certainly intriguing. I don't know what your initial takeaway was, but for me, I looked at this as this is a positive development for Dino Land relative to what was previously announced. I don't know if you felt the same way. Well, I think it is important to stress that they use the same words, though. Yeah, they had their best. They said could. They said, yep. you know, that they did not say this is coming. They did not use specifics. They were very careful with how they explained it. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sad I'm losing Zootopia. I thought that was a perfect fit for <laughs> the Animal Kingdom. Yep, you're um, still getting it. Don't worry. I, th- I love dinosaur. My family Instead loves dinosaur. Instead of being dinosaur. stung in the back, they're just going to shoot you in the back like a coward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh uh, we, we, my family loves dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I mean, I have an attachment to that ride going back to my family's days with McDonald's spot, you know, and being a sponsor. I've, I, I adore that ride. If there's going to be replaced with anything that wouldn't offend me, it's Indiana Jones, whether it I mean, works it's in a that known park, entity, it's yeah. a known entity. Whether we know it works that in that the park Indiana or not, I don't know. But if you're going to tell me, if they were going to come and say, hey, we're replacing Dinosaur with Aladdin, I'd be pissed. If they were saying, we're going to replace it with Zootopia, I'd be pissed. They come mm-hmm. to me and say, hey, we're going to replace it with Indiana Jones. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> we, we know <laughs> what works. Indiana Jones Adventure is, <laughs> yep. and I'm hoping that there is a different take on it, but it still well, it has, has some to, of the same beats. It has um, to be. Because the, 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 there is the whole talk of it's the exact same. It's not the exact same track. Uh, and it's the a show different bu- track and like walls are different places. The walls are different. The depth of the building's different. There's a lot different than that. So if you think they, if you think they can gut it and just put it in a Jones adventure in there, they can't. There is, you know, that, that show scene, uh, the, the, the most impressive part is when you, come around the corner the first time and, and you see that large room on Indiana Jones with Mara's face, mm-hmm. you know, staring at you and you get the bridge that you go. None of that's there right now. You right. can't do that in the current building. So, but what you could do is a much more intimate, uh, Indiana Jones story. The walls are closer. Everything's closer. Everything's tighter. You could still do something along those lines. Uh, and, and it would be a totally different story, totally different effects, which I think is what we all want. I don't right. want a clone of Indiana Jones uh, from Disneyland coming over. I don't want the one from the Tokyo like, Disney I would, have, I would be 100% okay with a clone of Disneyland's Indiana Jones going into the studios, but that's not what we're yeah. getting here. So we yeah. need something that's befitting of the park that it's going into. Yeah, and they can do that. And 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 I will, if this is the route they go, and they, again, 
Same with like Tiana. If they give it the money and the quality that it needs, this is t- we. I mentioned it during our last show. I was like, Indiana Jones is an IP that pulls people in, in, yep. in my opinion, for an attraction. Look, how long has Indiana Jones been open at Disneyland, and how long is that line still every day? Like yeah, it works. You know, people top love three that attraction ride. in that park to everybody that goes in can actually ride it, it. Done right, this can be a top five attraction at Disney World. It really Completely. can, and. So, yeah, th- this, I think, is a fantastic idea if they end up going this route. It's a million times better than Zootopia. Um, so th- <laughs> We can this take credit for this, by the way, because yeah, if you can. recall, last show, we talked about the Lost River Delta of Disney Sea, and we said that, that, like, how long before you have Encanto added to that area in conjunction with Indiana Jones, where it is yeah. a South America section. So they were clearly listening and said, all yeah. right, concept art guy, do your magic. And we're going to put this in the animal kingdom. We just yep. didn't make the connection, but we had the idea. <laughs> so we did have the idea. Um, <laughs> and then the Encanto side, uh, it worked. I, I, I just, as long as this isn't like some elaborate meet and greet, I'm all for it. I need an attraction over here though. Uh, it's gotta be a ride. Art- if it's not, that's a huge miss. Right. With the Moana artwork, we saw a ride. We saw two rides. Yeah. We saw, we saw log flume. We saw, uh, the triceratops spin, uh, replacement. This, I don't see a ride. I see a house. Uh, I know you've talked about the waterfall in the background. If you squint your eyes just right, I need an attraction here. I need, and I need an e-ticket attraction here. I don't need a meet and greet and I don't need something done, uh, cheap. I'll and go again, one level above that e-ticket yeah. without a high requirement. Absolutely. This can be, this can be their Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. This can be yep. something along those lines. This we've talked about, uh, mystic manor. And to me, Mystic Manor is an e-ticket. <laughs> it is. And and there's no height requirement on that. It's a flat ride. It's really cool effects. And guess what? That house is a magic house. In Kanto, it, it, you easily can do a Mystic Manor type ride using the Encanto IP and take people through that house and play the music, play the songs, let them go in these rooms, show them the characters, and it would be a two-hour wait all day long. Easy. I th- I think the, I mean, other people have thrown this out, whether it's trackless, whether it's something else, trackless kind of makes sense here. The, the story tropes of so-and-so is lost. In this case, Antonio is lost and the animals are loose in the house or something to that effect. That, that works as a story and you can integrate the other characters of Encanto without it being a book report and actually have, some component that is befitting of the animal kingdom. And in this case, it's probably not going to be over the top conservation message. It's going to be animals exist in this environment, but the animals in that movie are real animals. They're not wearing pants. And Antonio's character has an ability to communicate with them that there's enough story there, even though the movie of Encanto isn't about animals, it's about family (laughs) that you can integrate that into the animal kingdom, I think easier than Zootopia with playing on the familiarity, but also logically putting it in here and the setting. Go ahead. I was going to say, was it Gary that said that he finds it cute that you still think they care about the theme of the animal kingdom at this point? That's probably fair, but (laughs) the fact that they made a change gives me some hope now without, um, without Joe Rody there to govern this, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the question. But yeah. Indiana Jones, I mean, Indiana Jones has always had some mystical component to it. So 
you could have the Indiana Jones attraction be in pursuit of a mythical animal. You could have it be in pursuit of dinosaurs. There are Disney, uh, there are Indiana Jones books that had him trying to save the last Triceratops, I believe. You could have him be in pursuit of like a chupacabra or some other South American mythical animal that would all work. Or trying, they to, could just, trying, to, trying to save the aliens that Mexico discovered? Uh, yeah, sure. That too. But you, did, uh, you, you I looked have it up. not been on TikTok today, have you? No, I have not. I'm, the, I'm, <laughs> I, I believe the, the artist that I was referring to is Ethan Pro. I believe he is the go-to for those aerial concept arts that Disney uses, like for New Fantasyland and whatnot. If it's not the right person, then I apologize. But I believe that's the uh, the guy that is the Imagineer artist that they use. But I I, I look at this as a positive development. Now I guess the. Uh, uh, $10,000 question is when assuming that they move forward with tropical Americas and villain land, when are you riding an Indiana Jones attraction in Disney's animal kingdom? 20, what year? 2030. Do you think it's 2030? It I don't think it's that point. far out, but I, I think you're, t- you're looking at minimum 2027. Yeah. I think for I villains, probably 2030, it's probably closer. I kind of, oh man, I don't know, I mean, man. Think of there, like I, the timeline of Pandora from initial tease to walking through the door was six and a half, seven years. So we're looking at 2030. Yeah. <laughs> for, 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 and if these haven't been green, then, and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Then you're not crazy, which is, I mean, that's, that in itself is shameful, but, we have to be realistic. For, and I, I don't think we get, I, I was starting to think we'd get the magic kingdom expansion announcement at D 23 uh, next year. I, and I think it probably will, but honestly I could see them holding that off to see what happens at Epic universe first. Probably. And then them deciding what they need to invest in this. If they see a the, massive decrease over that first year, if they see projections over like two or three years being like, this thing is really going to hurt us, that's when they decide how much they're going to do it. So that's maybe twenty, you know, late 2024, maybe early 2025, maybe summer of 2025 at the next Destination D before they finally go, here's what we're doing. That puts yeah. you at like 2032. Uh, I mean, cause, cause, uh, in the Animal Kingdom expansion, I mean, the Magic Kingdom expansion, like they got to get on that shit now. Because there's like they've got to develop that land back it's there. It's probably they've got a good to, year before they're putting any steel in the ground. Right. If they start tomorrow, just getting the land ready. Whereas Animal Kingdom, it's not that it's ready to go, but the space for Primeval World has been cleared. Yeah. So that is in substantially better shape than the Magic Kingdom is. The Magic Kingdom, they don't even know how buildable. I'm sure they've got some semblance of an idea of how buildable it is. But yeah. if they're rerouting the rivers of America, they could start work on just that side of it, knowing that in time, if not by 2030, but at some point in the next uh, 50 years, Universal <laughs> will have their fourth theme park open. Right. <laughs> They'll have their second park at the Epic Universe plot open. <laughs> before They'll have three rides based Kingdom on the Harry expansion. Potter series that doesn't exist on like <laughs> HBO or Showtime, that sort of thing. But Oh all my right. God. But yeah, it's uh, also with, with Encanto, it, it puts the rest of you suggesting Encanto for everything else because you you put that into yeah. every one of our hypotheticals. 
Well, how much space does that area take? Do you think though? So th- you that, can fit a good up. size right there. Like I saw some of the overlay the Mystic Manor there. You can you can fit that there because okay. the like it might not necessarily be like a perfectly square building, like say Mission Space is, where they they've got that aligned. But there's a lot of space back there where you're not even even interfering with the theater. Uh, yeah, that was my question. Is like what, what are we gonna do with the theater? Like it's it's always been on an island by itself. I yeah. mean. You, you probably got to keep the theater open until this stuff gets added for capacity anyway. Because if you're taking Dinosaur offline for, let's say, a year and a half whenever they decide to do this, plus building another land for three years, then that theater is 1,500 people or whatever it is. That nobody goes to that show at all anymore. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that runs on a fraction of what it used to be. Um, with them dumbing down that show as much as they have. Uh, and I guess I was also thinking, like, could it eventually add Coco to this area? But the Coco ride system, what has been teased or at least thought was going to be uh, Flight of Passage yeah, like I mean, 2.0. So, that. That's not the end of the world. But you wouldn't put another Flight of Passage ride, like, in that No, park. you wouldn't, no. So I also don't, I don't know. know. For me, Coco is a bit more of a stretch thematically for the Animal Kingdom. Other than like, you know, undead animals. So I don't know if zombie animals is part of the original, part of Joe Rody's original I, plan for the park. I go back, man. I think Coco would be perfect for the animation courtyard. And they, again, every night you could have a, when it turns dark, although that park closes at freaking like nine o'clock every stupid night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 90% of the year, it's still light out when, when it gets, uh, when the park closes, but you know, you can have a really cool festival every single night. It's almost like uh, New Year's at Pleasure Island every evening. When it got dark, have a, like a Dia de los Muertos party out in like a courtyard every night with food and drinks and bands and music and whatever. And it's almost like having a parade without having a you know actual parade or having a fireworks without a par- fireworks. Use that area to, to do something off that. I don't know. We're, we'll get into another idea on that for another episode. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Coco's going to Magic Kingdom. To circle back to where that was all talking, I think the idea of what you said uh, to go back there is is this is going to be an entire villain's land, as I think it should be. That's a game. That's yeah. as much as Indiana Jones is a game changer coming to Animal Kingdom. If you announce, hey, villain's land with five or six rides, all based on your favorite. Th- this is your chance where the villains go wild and the villains come out at night or whatever. Yeah. That's uh, that's enough for me to go. I need to go book a trip. I need to go see this. The one thing I'll say about villains and I uh, is that my preference would be to put it in the studios because I think you have the ability to perhaps dive into the villains a little bit more in the studios because it's a little bit more adult themed as opposed to kid themed. Alternatively, if you're going to come up with a theme for a fifth gate, the the best working theme that I think any fan has come up with and that probably exists inside the halls of Imagineering that could work would be a villains-themed park. So mm-hmm. by doing that beyond Big Thunder, you're potentially committing to, all right, we are now 15 to 20 years before we even consider, consider a fifth gate until we have a viable idea for you know, it. So. I agree with you there, although I think if they were to come out tomorrow and say we're making the U.S. version of Tokyo Disney Sea, mm-hmm. I would be over the moon. Um, with a with with Journey to the Center of the Earth being the centerpiece attraction, the volcano, like 
Yeah, I mean, like, there's not, certainly. I, I would love to go to Japan, but, but I'm not going to go there anytime soon, and I'm going to go to Florida a heck of a lot more than I am Japan. Um, it, it you know, villains theme park makes a lot of sense, but I think a Tokyo Disney Sea here in the states makes just as much sense. They're not afraid to put Magic Kingdoms all over the world, so I don't know why they would hesitate putting uh, a second Seas Park uh, stateside. You're you're not wrong. I just, I mean I don't know that any of this is imminent anyway. And no, it's not. What it it's also not. could be. I think we've said on here shows. You, you said we we're going to do a quick show tonight, right? Is that how this works? I did. For I an did. hour and a half. Um, <laughs> I, I think we've both concluded that if they're going to build another park stateside, that park probably gets built in California before Florida, and a California you know, doesn't. I, doesn't have the room think so. for a, a villain's I, land in Disneyland. I don't think so anymore. Okay. I don't think so. I think they saw what happened during COVID. Mm-hmm. And I think they saw how quick those parks and how long they got shut down for. I don't think that's going to happen again anytime soon. I hope it doesn't. But I also think they see their investment in Florida or other areas might be a better place to go put their money because things, again, we don't want to get political here, but they... They weren't shut down nearly as long in Florida, and they were able to get back and operating very quickly. So to me, I'd be putting money in a state to where I think things are going to operate on a more regular basis if if something like that were to ever happen again. I'll tag the show with this. A successful villain's land in Florida could also mean villains coming as part of Disneyland forward. Absolutely. I think that is a very realistic proposal if yeah. it's not a third gate or a fifth gate. But Yep. No, I, I think, think that, I, good. I, I, and we forget about the Disneyland forward. Like to me, that's what's going to happen before another theme, another park gets opened out there. They're just yeah. going to expand on what they already have. You better utilize the land that's already there. That's they, they if they rethought that whole area, they're, they're making a whole lot more money making that as theme park space as opposed to what it is right now. So, sure. um, yeah, a villain's land in that expansion makes a lot more sense than. Uh, I don't think they're going to put Wakanda out. What was all in the art, uh, concept of Wakanda? Although Peter Pan was in it, and you got that expansion at, at Disney uh, in, in Tokyo. I, I, I that was, I guess, another part of the announcement. Small deals like some of that stuff opening very soon. I can't wait to see these rides um, and what these new ideas and these new concepts are. These new takes on some of the classic rides. Sure. Um, that I'm, I'm real excited to see the next batch of uh, attractions that are opening up overseas and. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we see some stuff over there. It's pretty cool, and that that could eventually find its way over here as well. How about those Anna and Elsa animatronics coming from Hong Kong and Paris to to Epcot to just swap out what is currently there? But anyway, well, it, was it Tokyo that 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 was the first time I had heard as well that their their Frozen ride isn't a, an original Frozen ride? Yeah, it's totally not, different. Yeah, so I want to see that. I want to see what that is and. Uh, you know, that's something that we probably won't get, but I am excited to see a different version of a Frozen attraction and what could have been had we started from the ground up over here. Yes, yes. All right, I think that's going to wrap this show. If you have any questions or topic ideas, you can email us at martycall.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter under the username at martycall or join in on the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash martycalled. We'd also appreciate it if you rated and reviewed our show on iTunes. It helps spread the word on the show and increases our sponsorship income, of which we collect currently zero. Ben, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at backside underscore water. It's called and, X right uh, now. 
X. Yep. Uh, and that's where you'll get all my Lorcana takes. So uh, come visit me over there. <laughs> Uh, you can buy Luminous shirts and other crap from Josh's shop, utilidors.com. That's Luminous with three O's. And you can find me on Twitter under the username at Inferno Barge. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. Peace. We got here. We got a uh, power four here. Jafar, wicked sorcerer. Ooh, uh, challenger plus three. While challenging, this character gets plus three. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, uh, I guess this goes with it. Uh, Aladdin is a two. Prince Ali, ward. Opponents can't choose this character except for challenges. All right. Um, oh, power oh, four. That's cool. Pongo, old rascal, evasive. Only character. With evasive can challenge this character, and we got this is weird. Tim Grassy, something's always wrong. Play this card when you need to go to guest relations to complain about something. Huh. All right. Uh, Pascal is one pretty weak one here. Rapunzel's companion. He's like, oh, his power is camouflage. While you have another character in play, this character gains evasive. Okay. Um, let's see. Five Tinkerbell, Peter Pan's ally, evasive, another evasive one. This one's pretty rare, it looks like. It's a foil. It's uh it's a negative four though. It's Japanese Tim. Long-winded is his power. When you play this card, you can tell a story. For up to three hours, everyone loses seven power points due to boredom. We keep that one. Pongo, school, Aladdin.